0: welcome to the triple m's dead set legends podcast for sports bet with sports bets bet with mates new chat feature you can now bet and banter all in the one place so bet with mates chat now
1: chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support
0: visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. for your saturday morning we've got the biggest sports show in town let's go 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 triple Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Wachnan, Limo. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes,
2: good morning, Joey, Limo. How are we? Jay-Z's going to join us shortly. What's been happening, Indeed.
3: everyone? I'm very well. I've had a great week. plenty to talk about in AFL this week. Yeah, it's been a busy footy week. But I did a gig yesterday. Joey, you do a few sporties around the joint, couldn't you? I did one for the Doncaster East Footy Club yesterday. Uh, which was a bit of fun, good, good bunch. Mm. And uh, Luke Hodge was the uh, other special guest, and I was interviewing Hodge on stage. The, quest, the Now, Luke Hodge, a lot of questions you can ask Luke Hodge. He's had a great career. Yeah. There's a lot of talking points in AFL <laughs> at the moment. The number one question from the room, where is your son going to play? <laughs> <laughs>
4: this is controversial. He
3: just played in the under-15 tournament, was named All-Australian, so he clearly goes all right. But so Hodge said, well, he's going to go into the Brisbane Academy but he's clearly a father-son with Hawthorne. So he said basically it's up to him where he where he wants to play. Think now. There's the a, Academy. think Academy. There's a lot have. of Hawthorne fans yeah. going, oh, we can't see Cooper Hodge playing for Brisbane, oh, surely.
4: that's going to sting. Uh, my week hasn't been as eventful. I'm still solo parenting, Kath, for How one more week going? while my wife's gallivanting in the Chinkaterra. I told her oh. to keep an eye out for Mark Evans and Damien Hardwick. Oh, yes. <laughs> she was in the same spot. I <laughs> so oh. didn't know what they look like, but I said, just if you bump into them, there might Take be something Take a cheeky photo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Indeed.
3: So see, um, that's a nice spot she's in yes, over there. Yes, I know. Are
4: the kids alive? The kids, yeah, they only left them in the car. Oh, once, Scott. but they, no, that's a joke. They are going fine. You know what's really, they're at the age you probably Have probably done a head count yet to make sure you've got them both? <laughs> yeah, Lima, you would probably have gone through this stage with Laddie, but yeah. Noah's at an age where, he's at this annoying age where he wants to do everything himself. Like, he's fine. Oh, it's like, right, yeah. Dad, can you know oh, I butter cute. the toast? Dad, can I make this? And it's like, but everything takes so much longer, Cath. It's yeah, like, okay. yes, mate, yeah. you can do it what yourself. What was
2: the most irritating Time where he's wanted to try to do something himself. And well, he's
4: like now doing. The, he's now trying to do his own cereal and all those sorts of things oh. and he's just and making a mess. And, tell you you what, know, but you've got to let them like learn and develop. too. It's a pain in the back.
3: Kath, <laughs> nothing makes you as edgy, Kath, as a parent, as watching a five-year-old Hold a two litre milk. Yeah, yeah. And he goes,
4: I'll do it myself. I'm trying to
3: dip it yeah, into cereal yeah, yeah. at a yeah. bad angle because yeah. the bench is up over there. That's exactly where it's that at. Is milk everywhere. That's
4: that's where I'm at right now. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's good fun. It's been good fun, actually. We've had a good yeah. time. But nice. I, hurry up. I'm waiting for Aaron to come home this <laughs> right. week. Right. 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 This, this week, is it? Uh, Thursday night, you be home. Yeah. What if
3: you get a call saying, hey, we might stay <laughs> for a few more days? <laughs> no.
2: You just know that you got more brownie points in the bank. That's, that's what right. You know. Hey, we've got to celebrate the Western Bulldogs. Massive victory for them last. Night, Marble Stadium over Richmond.
1: Now falls right. to Norton, another oh. chance. Wait, but I was thinking he hasn't been involved yet. Oh, he's been involved now, Cody. This is, as Rex would say, the first term, Nate, a destroyation. He's
5: kicking the bottom, Pelly direction, running back
3: towards goal. The superstar skipper picks it up, runs in, kicks goal
1: number three. There's your three votes. Hugo across the body for number five, equal career best. This time, Jamal. Suey's fifth, the Doggies by a big 55 points, their 11th win of the season.
2: It was a stunning start from the Western Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. Kicked nine goals in the opening term, really set it up. Jamara Ugolhagen with five, Aaron Norton, three. Marcus Bontepelli, three goals, 32 disposals. It was such an impressive victory for the Western
4: Bulldogs season. Jump up to fifth on the ladder. Joey, that is
2: the Bulldogs at their
4: best. Yes, that is. It was a bit of a Friday night fizzer, wasn't it? Over at quarter time. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how much we learnt out of the game. Like We know the Western Bulldogs can do this. They they do it all the time and then they lose games they shouldn't and it's a challenge for them against the top teams. But um, some really positive signs. The forward line, I thought, worked really well with Hugo Hagen and and Norton kicking their goals and Lobb getting involved. Bonson Pally was just being bont and that's what he's done for about five years now. He was brilliant and... uh, Maybe the steam's just run out on Richmond for this season, and uh, as as great as Andrew McQuilter's been. They're just fizzling to the finish line. I've, we've been talking a lot about Nick Dacos, haven't
6: we, Joey, being the number one player in the competition. I think over the past two weeks, that baton has most definitely passed to Marcus Bontempelli. He looks like the number one player in the competition. Have we underestimated
2: now. him in the Brownlow race or do you think Nick Dacos is that far ahead? No, I think he's
6: ahead, but I think the story of the Brownlow will be whether the chasing pack or Petrarca and Bontempelli can chase Dacos down because Dacos plays all thorn. He's going to get the tag again. Uh, today, guess, yeah. yeah, so that's going to be difficult uh, for him. But Pelly last night, I mean, he looked like he went forward and did the damage. And he looked to me like he could be a 200-game key forward. Like the way he was marking, it's like Wayne Carey out mm. there. So he was extraordinary. But the other man I want to talk about, and I don't even know if we've mentioned his name this year, is Adam Trelawjoey. When yeah. he got traded mm. from Collingwood, I'm like, I mm, don't know if he hurts you. Does he defend? I don't think he's going to be a huge loss for Collingwood. I think this season he is flying under the radar. How have you rated him?
4: Yeah, it's, been a, it's a good call, Jay. It's been a sneaky good year from Adam Trull. I think he's averaging like 30 touches, six clearances, which is probably a part that sneaks under the radar because everyone thinks of Liberatore and Bont. But yep. he does get in and under. We know he's, he's line breaking. He's a point of difference to the other Western Bulldogs midfielders. Yep. He's having a really good year. And when the, the midfield play like they do, then invariably they they win. Yeah.
2: Do you think at their best, the Western Bulldogs are the fifth best team in the competition where they sit on the ladder? Or are you still? That's a good question. Uh, no, mm-hmm. not,
4: not this year. No, I think Carlton right now are the fifth best team. And if Geelong were playing at their very best, you would think Geelong's best is still better. The what Dogs about- still have inconsistent issues. Like that's that's just them. It's their lot. the way they've mm-hmm. been for a number of years now. Um, defensively, though, they look better with Liam Jones back in there and Ed Richards, yep. who are their two best defenders. That we're both back in the side. So a lot of positives. Um, we've got to see it in, in finals. And whether they're good enough to beat three or four of the best teams in a row, that's the biggest issue for the dogs. The question mark for me, they'll go into a cutthroat
6: eliminate, like eliminating elimination final. The storyline will be can their can their back line hold up? That'll be the thing. Lamb Jones looks like he makes such a difference to that to that defensive group. And um, they absolutely need him. On the other side of the fence, I went to this game with my son Fletcher. He's nine years old, went in with his Richmond jumper. Ten minutes in limo, Mm. flat as a biscuit, flat as a biscuit. I'm
3: I'm feeling you, saying I was excited at home last night. Mm. My wife went to bed early. The young (laughs) fellow went to bed early. I had Mm -hmm. a bottle of red and some chockeys, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch some great Friday night footy. And in the second quarter... I went, sat down, and watched Netflix, <laughs> a World War Two documentary. That's where I went last night. Yeah. It just was. I'd be interested to see the numbers from Seven and Fox Footy. They mm. would have fallen off a cliff yep. Yep. Actually, after quarter time. I just
2: watched. I just asked. I was going to ask if you've watched the deepest breath, which everyone's watching. No, I on haven't. Netflix yet. and Andrew McCulter actually mentioned it in his press conference. He got right. the Tigers to watch it this week as this like kind of motivational mm. theme for the week. Obviously, it didn't, really didn't work. work. <laughs> but I wonder
4: how much of the psychological impact of just the Dustin Martin, Trent Koch, and Dylan Grimes all going out. As I like a player, it. you just yeah. feel a little mm. bit – you do sometimes get this little bit of flatness. Because like, oh, they looked flat from they the did, start. yeah, yeah. and sometimes that's a little psychological hurdle that impacted their performance last night. Going to be hard for the Tigers now to make
6: finals. I think it's going to be really intriguing around the under-22s. The question for the Tigers, we know – all their top tier talent and their, you know, Toronto hoppers, those middle midfielders, but it's like, what's the growth underneath? So over the next three weeks, I really feel like it will be interesting for some of those first or fourth year guys to, you know, have a, have a bit of a, their talent. But the big story, Kath, um, came between the fan interaction between Marlon Pickett.
2: Yeah. So this was an interesting one because yep. I had to talk over this for the first time seeing it yep. on air on Fox footy last night. And I, I didn't really know what was going on, just saw there was kind of, you know, Marlon Pickett and fan getting up close and personal, but then seeing the replays, yep. the ban has touched yep. Marlon first. Yep. He's instigated it.
6: Yeah, so and there's been some big calls already. The fan deserves a, a life ban or, you know, minimum a couple of years, a year or two. I think the context here is really important for the AFL and this is what'll happen over the next 48 hours. They will find
3: out what was the what was said and what was the tone of what was said in that moment. He clearly he didn't enjoy it. It no. looks from the vision like he didn't like yep. whatever that fan said. Yep. So if that fan did say something inappropriate. So touching it, him. like it's, Well, it's touching him, ha- and it, all of it's yep. bang out of order. It needs to be a long ban. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, this is, you know, we're all
6: sort of guessing at the moment. I think it's probably got to start at a year or two. I think you need to make a strong statement. Mm. Whether it's a lifetime ban, I'm not sure. If there's any sort of racial language, and we're not assuming that's the case, but if it is, then we know the AFL has already said it's lifetime bans for any fan. Who racially abuses um, a player. I think we're okay with that. And then, of course, we've got a situation where Marlon Pickett is facing 12 court charges, including very serious ones of aggravated burglary. I think the next court appearance is sometime this month. And the camera flashed to Marlon Pickett speaking to football manager Tim Livingston at three quarter time. To your point, Lemo, it did look a little bit distressed. He looked a bit agitated.
3: He so he wasn't d- happy with it. He did indeed. Yeah. And, you know, his own personal record and whatever's pending in his life is really irrelevant at the end of the day. Yep. Mm. Fans just can't be yeah touching players Correct. And, and having a crack at them. Yeah. So if there's anything along those lines, I think
6: the AFL will come in uh, really hard and then you could be looking at a, a lifetime. Ben, uh, Andrew McQualter, Leroy, touched on this in his press conference and was really blunt. It shouldn't happen.
5: Um, we, we love fans in our game and they're so critical to our game, but our players should never, ever be touched when they're on the football field. Um, so it's disappointing that that happened.
4: So he'll get his right whack that fan, and rightly so. But I hope we don't overreact and jump at shadows. Like, well, normally, the interactions with players and fans ninety nine point nine percent of the time are positive. Yep. You yep. see the high fives and, and yeah. hugs and all that sort it's of just stuff. This a rare so, case. Yeah, we don't need to uh, you know take take out the front row or put up barbed wire fences <laughs> or anything. <laughs> we might hear some commentary over the weekend, Lemo. But uh, no. yeah, that fan deserves his punishment.
3: As long as as long as the players instigate. Yes. The interaction. Yes. Or in Buddy's case, kick a thousandth goal. Yeah. Yes. That's very different. <laughs> it's all good. Well, the James Heard West Coast hug. Iconic. Yeah, yeah I guess the West Coast guy. that was That's one of the best moments
6: in yeah. the past yeah. 30 Even, years, um, I
2: think. Was it Conor Rosie the other week? In the show When he did the double high-five to yeah. the crowd. Remember after that awesome goal? Yes. I, I think, did for me,
3: was... the greatest interaction ever is Michael O'Loughlin with the West Coast at yeah. his fans, yeah.
2: <laughs> he like... almost touches noses with yeah. that fan. It was that. so
3: good. Also uh. iconic.
2: Jay-Z, you are a busy man this morning, because there have been plenty of stories floating around in the footy world this week. Where do you want to start? Well, it certainly has been
6: a massive week, hasn't it, with concussions, squirrel grips and all sorts of stuff happening. <laughs> um, but we wake up this morning and Matthew Lloyd, who's a friend of um, a lot of ours in the room, on the front page of the Herald Sun, that one of the best days of his life, he said, after leading Halebury uh, to an APS title win over Caulfield uh, last week. They play Geelong College tomorrow. That game is definitely going to go ahead. But um, he's in hot water, Lloydy. He's been censured by the Halebury School. They've said they're greatly disappointed that he went along to a party, a premiership party, which was organised by the parents a bit impromptu uh, after their win over Caulfield. So the players who, you know, we know in, in footy clubs, they become a bit like family. And Lloydy, who's so invested in this, cares so much for these kids. He, he went there to be part of the celebrations with the parents and the players. And, of course, there was alcohol uh, involved. Matthew Lloyd, the and champion, spoke last night on 3AW and said um, he did the wrong thing. He accepts that he, he broke that sort of rule and, and regrets the decision, which for me, and and I understand it, I understand it. But it, I do feel for Lloyd in, in this position, it does feel a little bit harsh if it, a, a sniff test Um he did say that he stayed for about an hour and a half, but when the kids are there, he's a um, staff member, and there is alcohol around. It's a position he should not have put himself in, and he um, regrets uh, and concedes that. How do you guys feel about it, Lemo? No,
3: oh, I, I, I just feel like it's a massive beat up. To be <laughs> honest with you, I really do. He's a coach of these. What ha- They call it a boozy bash. What happened? I bet if you turned up there, there's like. Just people standing around, maybe, I, you know, I get that. But the, kids are allowed to have a beer at a parent's house, aren't they? Yep. Well, that's, no one's breaking the law there. Are, are no, I don't think so. No, no. One's, no one's breaking yep. the law. Yep. So I just think it's a beat up. He wants to join in a celebration of what's a massive moment for a team he's been coaching, team he really cares about. Yep. I don't know. I feel like he's been... Um, so sort of his name's been sort of dragged through the mud a little bit. I think Lloydy, though, he made a mistake halfway through the season. Why? Did you hear about this, Cathy? He changed the club so- the team song. So what? <laughs> well, he tried to choose a motivational song, which it starts out motivational, but if you listen carefully, I think it might have been a mistake. Have a listen. <laughs> Good messy there. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. persist. So
4: Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, Can't
7: be doing that. <laughs> uh,
6: tricky. Uh, the statement is quite strong from Halebury. They're quite conceit. They're pretty open saying that he shouldn't have been there or any sort of assistant coaching staff or any coaching staff. But anyway, we move on. Uh, Matty Lloyd uh, largely has done an incredible job um, for the Halebury uh, school and its footy team, etc., and he's loved and lauded by the parents and players and people involved.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um let's move on to the Tuke Miller one game suspension the shall squirrel we? This is a, yes this was a <laughs> uh, unique story um where do we where do you sit on it Joey and also the fact that a player the a f l have looked at it said there's there's nothing to be seen here in terms of the vision's inconclusive there's no formal complaints, so Tuke Miller doesn't have a case to answer and then Dane Sorco's going on radio on the Monday morning and basically had a bit of a dig at the AFL saying, oh, he's, you know, contact to the groin, okay now. Yeah. And they've gone back on their original verdict, and now given Tuke Miller a one-game suspension on the Thursday, five days on from the game, when the Suns were going to fly out to Adelaide for their massive game against the Crows the next morning, and they find out that, you know, one of their leaders, their leader,
4: is not available. Yeah, my initial thoughts, I probably didn't think it was it was cool by Dane Zorka. Like, if he was really aggrieved by it, you go through the proper channels, you speak to your football manager at the club, and you, you want to get the AFL involved, or Which I'm surprised the he right, didn't, because the right on
2: the field, he was very vocal. Yeah. Like, he went to the umpires a couple of times, and said... Did you see what he did? So I'm surprised he didn't
4: follow it up. Yeah, post-game. and we're not sure what the process was. You might know more, Jay Z. So I didn't think that was that was cool. And then, to be honest with with Mill, Miller, I'm okay with him getting suspended. I think he deliberately held on a lot longer because it was Dane Zorko yeah. and he's got history there, and he yep. made him earn it. Lemo just sort oh, of gave, he it, did. A little, gave so it a little, but it's so obvious squeeze. in the vision.
3: Yeah, exactly. He is, so he, he is hanging it. on. There's yeah. no doubt about that, yeah. and clearly, you know, Dane Zorko reacts immediately because yeah. that. That does not feel good. So
4: no. in the end, I think they might have got to an outcome that I was okay with. I suppose it's mm. the way they got to the outcome that's been the unusual story. I think the goalposts have changed in this one, to be honest, because the AFL and its initial
6: match review sort of investigation, if the medical report comes back sort of clear or not much, then you sort of think, oh, well, there's really not much to see here. Um, but the fact is, once the AFL or Dane Zorko said that on radio and sucked right up, I um, then there was another medical report. There was more conversation. The AFL launched its own investigation, and I think things then worsened. And then, so on paper, it looks um, a lot worse. So, so, it
4: wasn't, it was, so again, we're going. It wasn't because of the act. It was because of the outcome. Yeah. Because his right testicle was bruised. Yeah. That's what made it a, a, yeah. a reportable offence. Yeah. I think. <laughs> it,
6: like,
4: yeah. That's basically what you're saying. I think. Yeah. Initial. I mean, um, and clearly Brisbane. So you're followed up. To squeeze it as long as you don't give it. <laughs> as, long as, <laughs> it as long as it <laughs>
3: does bruise up or cause any bruising. Yeah. I mean, did. Took Miller did get ten super coach points for that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, colours
3: can be uh, deceiving a little bit. So I
6: think the goalposts changed there. I, I, my sort of view is if he is if the AFL is determined that this is a um, intentional and damaging strike to the groin and a prolonged one, then you've got to get more than one match. It's got to be three or four because the groin and the head are sort of treated a bit more similarly. So I yep. feel like the <laughs> AFL have gone halfway from that. Um... Don't
3: confuse the groin and the head, Jason. <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever you do. You think about it, though, in terms of – because he in <laughs> Dane Zorko's in his workplace. How many workplace, like if this happened in any other workplace, you'd yes. be losing You'd be losing your job. That'd be, yes. you know, and normally you've got to wait for the Christmas party for that kind, <laughs> that kind of business in the workplace. Yes. So he's done well to only get a week, I think. Yes, certainly.
6: I would agree with that. Um, the Suns are furious, of course, about mm. the whole thing, but in the end they've accepted it. So we move on. This is the game against the Crows, which is almost a mini elimination
2: final for yep. these clubs. Uh, Speaking of the AFL, what's going on personnel-wise? Because there's a lot of movement. So Brendan Gale said the other day that he is not leaving Richmond. He won't be joining the AFL. He's uh, put that on record now. Um, As well as Travis Old departed Mm. yesterday for his new job with the Australian Grand Prix. Yep and there's still no head of football. I mean, Laura Kane's been doing that job. So what's going on here? Yeah,
6: and, and I think we've probably missed a, a bit of that sort. I think the clubs are frustrated. They haven't had a person in that position to deal with these sorts of issues which are bobbed up um, along the way. Now with uh, Brennan Gale out, staying at Richmond at least, to sort of develop the next stage of this uh, training base, this facility um, issue, potentially he could become the Tasmanian CEO, the CEO of the new Tasmanian team. So now we look looked at people like Tom Harley, the highly respected Sydney Swans chief executive, whether he could join the AFL. Simon Garlick has been linked to it, the Fremantle chief executive. And I think um, Josh Marnie, who's the football manager at Essendon, um, oh, I understand he's sort of in the mix or put his hand up to some de- some degree. So whether he could uh, move on there, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how all that plans out. If the Jungle Drums are suggesting that it could happen in the next week or two, so who that will be um, will be interesting. But they're the sort of names; they're all incredibly capable people, and you think the AFL would really welcome that sort of extra support because Andrew Dillon. And Laura Kane, as you said, have shouldered a huge load this year with everything that happened, and that goes back to the Hawthorne investigation. Alistair Clarkson this week has rejoined the North Melbourne fold.
2: Just a quick one, Joey. You think it was a fair punishment for Port Adelaide with the concussion protocols, a $100,000 fine?
4: My natural uh, thought was it was light. I was sort of thinking in my head, 250k, something like that, but I don't really have a reason why. I thought it'd be a bit more. I'm not sure whether 50k yep. does it, a huge dent, but. It certainly put everyone on notice, and I just think it's time for an independent doctor at, at every game, and yep. that way it takes it out of mm. the club's hands. I think the way Port Adelaide have handled it subsequent to the mm. incident,
6: they really put their hand up. They're quite yep. remorseful. There's a lot of contrition. I think that did save them from right. it being hundreds of thousands of dollars. Certainly, yeah. fifty thousand goes in the soft cap. That is still a big hit because football clubs' budget basically right up to the limit. So when you've got MRO fines and that sort of thing to come into it, um, the charges, you know, fifty thousand is a decent whack, but it is. A huge wake, not wake-up call, but a reminder for the whole industry. Yeah, and a, just a quick one
2: for you before I let you go. What do you think is going to happen with this poor um, Ken Hinckley contract situation? Because he did his press conference the other day and all the journalists were yeah. looking at him going, Ken, it's August. Yes, I
6: think he gets re-signed in the next couple of weeks. The game today, Geelong versus port is massive. I think if he can get a, a win on the road there at the Cattery, then it could be formalised this week. They lose their fourth in a row. Does the board just sort of say, hang on, let's wait a little bit longer? I think today will be absolutely fascinating. But I think quite clearly Ken Hinkley will be the coach of the Port Adelaide Football Club next year.
2: All right. Jay-Z, across it, as per usual. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We've got Anna Harrington joining us next to talk uh, all things Women's World Cup because there is a massive game for the Matildas Monday night against Denmark. So she's going to give us a full preview of that and bring us up to speed with everything that's been happening in the Women's World Cup. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lemo.
0: Joey J, Kath, Lemo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey J. Cat Limo. on Melbourne's 105.1. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: Team, we have to talk about the Matildas because a massive yes. night, a Monday evening. Get set on the couch, Lemo, because the Matildas are playing Denmark in the round of 16 at Stadium Australia in Sydney. They must win. We'll be getting right behind them. One woman who has been following this World Cup very closely for AAP. She's a great football journalist. Her name's Anna Harrington, and she joins us. Anna, nice to chat and catch up. Gee, are you nervous for Monday night? This is massive for the Matildas.
8: Oh, I think they'd be a bit more nervous than me. Yeah, (laughs) it is is massive, Kath. Um, Lovely to be on. But, um, you know, after the way they played against Canada, they'll believe they can do anything. That was really a knockout game, to be honest. And I think they'll go in pretty high in confidence into this one.
3: Uh, Now, what about the most talked about calf on the planet, (laughs) Sam Kerr? We do. I saw a vision of her sitting on the exercise bike, but I couldn't get a gauge on the calf. Will she definitely play Monday night?
8: I mean, if I had that answer, I, uh, <laughs> I would be talking to you guys. I'd be writing that up right now, wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, but no, well, they said she was available to play minutes uh, against Canada. They obviously didn't need her. You'd imagine they'd hope that would be the case again um, against Denmark. She has been out on the track yesterday. As you mentioned, she was on the bike. Um, Football Australia were pretty consistent that she won't be on the track every day just with her rehab. So I think it's no, no one really knows, right? Like they've, they've said she is available to play some minutes. We'll know when the press conference happens tomorrow, maybe a little bit more about that. But um, I think, like with any injury, you, you doubt she's going to feature too much. But strange things have happened. Um, she could well yet play. The good thing is they've shown they can actually score plenty of goals without her, which takes a little bit of pressure off her, I suppose, with, with coming back.
4: Yeah, it is interesting and nice to chat, Anna, because, I mean, you talk about Buddy Franklin, calf injury, he's six weeks, you know, he's he's out for the year, yet Sam Kerr, we're hoping that she gets back (laughs) within three weeks, you know, it's going to be touch and go, but you're right, Anna, they did show they can win without Sam Kerr, how much of a sort of, I suppose, confidence boost, and has it released the shackles with that, not that big win against Canada, that now they can just get into their best football as the tournament progresses?
8: I think so. It's, it's much like any sport, as you guys would know. Um, they they very much released the shackles. They had an attack that really worked. It was clearly the best they'd played. Um, they were getting a lot of drive down that, that left-hand side with, with Steph Catley and Caitlin Ford. It um, seemed to work with Valor and Van Egmond as the sort of false nines. It worked really well for them. So if you can throw Sam Kerr back into the mix in some way, that just makes it even more dangerous. But I think they have to take so much heart out of, um, out of getting the job done without her and I mean, you'd think that's going to be the case. They're going to have to play at least some percentage of each of every game they play from now, probably without Sam. Because as you know, coming back from injury, it's it's a gradual process. You don't go from zero to 100 straight away. So, no, I think they'll, they'll be high on confidence going into this.
2: We're all obsessed with the Matildas and just fixated on Matildas. But can you give us a bit of a wrap of what's happening with the other nations and who we should be wary of now that we're heading into the round of 16?
8: Well, it's been a bit chaotic, hasn't it? You've seen Germany crash out, Brazil out. Obviously, the Matildas knocked out Canada, but there's still so much quality. Um, on our side of the draw, um, you've got England, who are just hitting their straps, France. Um, Colombia are shaping as a bit of a dark horse with the way they've played. And then over in New Zealand, um, you've obviously uh, had Japan play really well. The US just popped over to Melbourne, and I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Sweden, who've got the US, could knock them out and really make a run at it there. Um, Always up there with the contenders, so yeah. But it has opened up a lot, which is an exciting position to be in if you're in Matildas or England, like not having to, to face the Germany, for example. That can only be a good thing when you're in the pointy end of this tournament.
3: Off the back of the Ashes, I'm I was, desperate for us uh, to play England in a semi-final. That uh, to me will be the World Cup final. W- we beat England. I'm done. I'm happy. My head
2: went where your head went. a little Ashes rivalry yeah. in the Women's World Cup. Hey Anna, keep up the great work, and thanks for joining us on Dead Set Legends. No worries. Thanks, guys. Anna Harrington from AAP giving us a full wrap of the Women's World Cup. We are heading to the business end of the Women's World Cup. It's going to be so exciting. Monday night. Watch the Matildas take on Denmark. Hey, we've got Lemo's top five coming up next. Little sneak peek of what we can expect, Lemo.
3: Uh, it's a top ten. I couldn't get it down to five. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's gonna be a never-ending Lemo's <laughs> top ten coming up next.
3: Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: Time for Lemo's top five.
3: Well, Kath, Buddy Franklin, as you well know, retired during the week, yes. and it's it's a general consensus that he is a rock star mm-hmm. of football. He's something different, he's something special, which leads to this week's top five.
0: On Triple N's Dead Set Legends, it's Limo's top five. AFL Rock Stars.
3: Now I started what? doing the list and I couldn't get it down to five, so I'm gonna whip through a top ten for okay. you. That's all right. Go. Coming in at number 10, Dane Swan. Yep. I think we'd agree. He's got it. There's an X Factor about Swanee. Yep. Member of the Rat Pack. Uh, famous party boy. And all the tattoos and everything yeah, as well. Yeah, you to have
2: someone put the Rat Pack in. Yes.
3: Coming in at number nine, Wayne Carey. Yep. the The duck. Nine's a bit late. No, no, I know, I know. It's a strong list, let me tell you. He's done more apology press conferences than anyone I can think of, the duck. (laughs) (laughs) He has wheeled out a few over the years. Uh, Brendan Favola in at number eight, superstar footballer, but really came into his own on Mad Monday. Yeah, That was when Mm -hmm. he did some A-grade work. Great
2: storyteller too.
3: A great storyteller. Coming to number seven, Dusty Martin. I don't think he's paid for a drink in Melbourne since about 2015, no, Dusty. That's fair. But and
2: there's a bit of mystery
3: to Dusty yes, he's by those mysterious rock stars. He is indeed. And I think the mystery, Kath, you're right, is a big part of it with him. Coming at number six, going back to the 80s, Dermot Brereton, <laughs> who famously it. parked his Harley in the foyer of the Metro nightclub one night <laughs> and threw his keys to a bouncer <laughs> as he wandered in. Yeah. It doesn't get much more rock and roll than that. Coming in at number five, The Wiz goal kicking superstar oh, God,
1: there he is
0: can't be him
3: it was tight shorts pink choppers Jeffrey Edelston all very rock and roll coming in at number four well he was the biggest thing to ever hit Adelaide Tony Modra
5: Tony Modra goal number 100 for the season he kicked
3: Kicked 129 <laughs> goals in his second yeah. AFL season. Not bad from mods right there. Coming at number three, Joey, you'll like this one, Trevor Barker. Yeah, good. He was an abs- the blonde bombshell, tore it apart on the ground and did some pretty good off-ground work as well. Famous photo of him and Schur. Mm. Well, him kissing Schur on the cheek, I think. Uh, coming in at number two, Buddy Franklin. Again, the mystery cath around Buddy. Yeah, you don't hear from him a lot. Yes, yeah. You want doesn't, to know more about him. Doesn't do interviews. He's married to Australia's Miss Universe. Who's number one? Uh, number yeah. one, Mark Jacko Jackson. He had a number one song. He had a television series in the States. Played for about five different teams. He, was a, he had the X Factor as well, Mark Jacko Jackson. But they're hard to replace. These, That's uh, a great
2: top ten. Imagine getting those ten players in
3: the same room. Isn't it? It's interesting, though. Key forwards. That's pretty much. Well, I, th- I was thinking, who
4: is the modern now that Buddy's retired? I think Charlie Kerno is probably the closest thing to a rock Possibly, star yeah. I think that we've got. I like Charlie oh, Kerno. Yeah.
3: They're and the rock they star. tend to be, it's interesting how the personality shapes yes. around key forwards, but I yeah. reckon you might be right, Charlie Kerno. is not funny
2: as well. These days, it's more in vogue to be mysterious and not hear from you as much. You That's
3: know? right. It's, you know, it's, if I can use a comedy analogy, Carl Barron is a comedian. You, no one ever sees Cal Barron. No, is he still doing? This <laughs> yes, here? and he's selling out theaters everywhere. I like Kyle Barron. Because the only time you get to see Cal Barron is at a live show. Right? Yeah, he, he doesn't do up. much like doesn't do media radio, or doesn't do TV, yeah. nothing else. So yeah. you got So he's got that mystery about him.
2: Yeah, that's the trend these days. Yeah. Be mysterious. <laughs> Be mysterious. Keep people guessing. <laughs> yes. Hey, great top ten, Limo.
3: Rusty's Motorsport Update: Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
2: Yes, Greg Rasper, from the Rusty's Garage a podcast. You can listen to it for free on the listener app. Good morning, Rusty. I've heard good things about your podcast. My 360 producer, Tim Hodges, he listens to it every, every week. So keep up the good, good work. <laughs> He's you. a good man. Hey, let's talk about um, F1. So Belgium, it was a high and a low for uh, Aussie Oscar Piastri. That podium has to be good for the second half of the year, though, in F1.
1: I reckon it does, Kath. Good morning to you. Yeah, I mean, although it happened in the sprint race, I reckon that's great tonic, as you rightly point out. They're in a the summer break at the moment in the sport now. When they return, we know that McLaren is on the up. It's been good at a couple of different tracks now. So uh, although it's a podium in a sprint, not in the main GP on the Sunday, I still think that's sugar. On on Sunday, uh, he got kind of squeezed by Carlos Sainz going down into to turn one, lap one, the resulting damage, he was out a couple of corners later, very, very sadly, so a retirement. And I reckon, like, Carlos half-pointed the finger at Oscar, but Oscar's options were quite limited um, in that moment. But but as you say, I mean, between he and Lando, some good stuff to take him to the second half.
4: Now, Rusty, this would normally be uh, Jay-Z right down his alley, but I'm hearing that Dan Ricciardo, <laughs> the team he considered going back to, is in turmoil.
1: As He dodged a bullet. There's there's been uh, some high-profile exits this week. Yes, absolutely. So three key names there that all have great experience in Formula One, uh, some of them very respected. Um, Two of them basically left on the Sunday after the Grand Prix in a a kind of reshuffle by Renault management there. So uh, the thing I I hope in a positive sense that they do get right is that, I mean, they talked about trying to be in a position within 100 GPs Uh, for that team to be winning races again regularly. And we know that young Jack Dew Mick's son is waiting in the wings in that operation, basically, as their reserve or test driver. So not good that they've lost those three figures. I do think in the current um, scenario, although it's not a great car that Dan's in at AlphaTauri, he's back in the Red Bull framework, and it was a better choice when you look at it from that perspective, for sure.
3: And a call for calm after some expletives on the telly (laughs) uh, and in the pizza car radio in the supercars.
1: Yeah, Limo, I thought it was awesome on Saturday night. They had a great crowd last weekend there at Sydney Motorsport Park under lights, bit of tension. Um, Cam Waters kind of lit up the team radio that you're talking about there. And Barry Ryan from the Erebus team in, an, uh, in a TV interview um, copped a bit of a slap on the wrist, a, a fine, and he's got to do a bit of community service within the sport for dropping uh, dropping an F-bomb. So the thing for me is, um, OK, family sport and, and probably deserves a... Um, you know, a, a please explain around that. But we want, Limo, we want our people to be expressing their opinions, their views. We don't want them to all be nervous now. The next time a, a television, um, you know, reporter turns up for for an interview, we don't want it to be all vanilla. That's no good.
3: No, they have my full support. <laughs> as as yeah. you were, I say.
2: Yeah. <laughs> don't want them to be robots, do we? No. Hey, Rusty, nah. we appreciate your double we'll chat next week.
1: Have a great one. See you, guys. Thank you. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
2: Still plenty more to come on Triple M's Deadset Legends. In the next hour, Stevie J is going to join us, a triple premiership player for Geelong and also Norm Smith, medalist, and Joey and Jay-Z's colleague on the Sunday rub right here on Triple M. This is Deadset Legends with Joey J, Kath and Limo.
0: Joey J. Kath Limo, the Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey J. Kath Limo on Melbourne's 105.1. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: Good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Uh, we're
3: very, very well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: got... I was just checking whether it was night. Sorry, I'm are not you, with and it.
3: Kath, we should say you've got to glow about ya
2: globe. You've been on holidays. Yeah. A
3: broom. Oh,
2: very nice. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful place. 32 and sunny every day. As you do, you just duck up the broom for a few days. So yeah, that and the family the was there. Hey, you can get direct flights from Melbourne, four hours. Happy uh, days. Oh, there we go. Highly recommend it.
3: <laughs> it's not bad, what is it? What about you guys? How are the kids going? Laddie got yeah. kick this morning. AD's, but They're playing in a competition now, so he's playing for a team. Look, he didn't, I don't think he warmed to it this morning, judging by reports from my wife, but I'm trying to, maybe he's just not a sporty kid. I don't know, but I'm trying to force him into everything at the moment. So I wanted to conduct a little survey and see where I'm at as compared to other parents around the city. What is he warm to, by the way? What's the sport he has gravitating? <sighs> Look, he, he likes playing basketball. Okay. He's enjoying his basketball, yep. but he does it with his mates. I think that's the... Cute. That's the thing, but one triple three five three is our number. How many sports are you trying to force? Oh, you want to put this out? Your to the ki- yeah, put it out listeners. to the general public. How many sports are you trying to force your kids to follow oh, at the yes. moment? Because with lad, I've got him. I'm pushing him into Hawthorne. Yeah, I've just bought him an OKC Thunder top. We're getting on the Josh Giddy yes. train, right? He's he's got a Chelsea top, so I'm pushing him into Chelsea. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. so they're the four, the big four. <laughs> they're the four. Joey, how many well, have you got?
4: Geez, I'm the opposite. I've got to settle my young fella down. He's into everything. Like he's watching Melbourne Storm. He's watching <laughs> every game of footy. He's watching. He was watching the Super Netball before the finals finish. He's watching everything. So what? he's he's um going going he the other the way. He loves
2: Scores doesn't he? He loves he's scores real... and numbers. <laughs> Maybe he'll be at, a scorer, at the moment. And we talk about
4: who you got to get them. How you get your kids to barrack for the team? Yes. Like he knows that dad played for St Kilda. But at the moment, we play in the backyard every day, and he's Toby Green. He's the oh, giant, right. yeah. He's Toby Green when we play in the backyard. So I don't know how that happens. Do you just let that? I know you'd be a bit stronger. but I'm okay right. with
3: it. No. Hey, we were walking to school just yesterday, yeah. and he goes out of nowhere. He just goes, "Hey, Dad, I broke for Richmond." Ooh. I said, "No, you don't. No, you don't. You just don't. Like, see, that's just not an option, mate."
2: See, my nephew is right on board the Scorchers because one of his uncles plays for the Scorchers, so uh, and right. he will beg. To watch the Scorchers' big bash final <laughs> every morning, and how, he sleeps in his Scorchers jumper um, too. So and. Yes. His mum asked him the other day, do you want to play with, for the Scorchers when you grow up? And he said, yes. And then she goes, what about for Australia? And he said, no. <laughs> I
3: mean, Just
2: wants to you play. might change your mind when you, when you grow a little older and realise what's at stake. Indeed. Well, let's
3: compare and, here. Let's see right. where we're all at. One triple three five three is the number. What are the sports you are pushing your kids into at the moment? And how's it working out for you? Triple M's Dead Set Legends. A lot of calls coming in, Lemo. Well, we want to know how many sports you're trying to push your kids into at the moment because <laughs> I want something to take. I want something to catch fire.
2: Also, when it's, a, a, say, a, a couple and mm. they support different teams and they're trying oh, to get yes. the kid on their side. Mm-hmm. I know. This happens a
3: lot. I've got I've got fr- friends of mine, They Hawthorne and Carlton they were, and they said, "We'll go alternate kids. All right. right. First one, Hawthorne. Second one, Carlton. Third one, Hawthorne. But what... One of my friends did the wife in this situation. She contacted the club and got Cyril Rioli to do a personal sign thing to the middle kid who was the Carlton fan. Oh. Oh. And as soon as they got <laughs> that from Cyril, they changed it. Now <laughs> all three. <are> <laughs> yes. yeah, very very smart. Let's go to Bernie in Preston, mate. What's the story in your house and is any of it working?
1: Morning, guys. Yeah, no, the only person I ever dated that actually cared about footy is my fiance, and she, uh, is a mad West Coast girl, and her parents have moved out here from Perth Are the same, and uh, they were considering the 1-1 option. I'm, uh, I'm one of eight kids, and we're all Carlton, so <laughs> pushed pretty hard, and uh, got all the nieces and nephews. All my cousins have swung it, and they're both Carlton, and it's... Uh, it helps that my kids' names are Charlie and Patty.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> well, nice. you've got to get in this
4: year because West Coast is shocking. That's what I was going to say. Just let the kids watch a West Coast game and then, <laughs> then you so should cool. be right. Get them over the line.
3: Uh, that ought to sort it out for you. Hey, but well done to your parents, uh, Bernie. All eight of you, Barrick and Vin Carlton, very well played there.
0: Yeah, it was pretty simple. If we didn't barrack for the Blues, we didn't get fed.
3: <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, I'm going to start using that at that home as well. <laughs> hey, Matthew in Ashburton, good morning, mate. What's the story in your house?
0: Morning. Uh, well, my daughter sort of lives between me and her mum, uh, and now that she's a teen, she spends a bit more time
3: at her mum's, but I've always had her Carlton yep. taken out of the ground, and she's got Paddy Cripp's sign hat, oh, and she you. recently posted a photo online wearing an Essendon scarf. Oh, no. What? No. What's happened oh, there? I was devastated.
1: Well, she told <laughs> me she
0: doesn't really like footy, and she was doing it with her friends, but oh you see I that pressure. hurt more than everything.
3: Oh, I can hear the pain in your voice, Matthew, by the way.
0: Hey. I'll get her back,
2: don't worry. Carlton <laughs> <on> a <laughs> roll. You'll get her back soon enough. Yeah.
3: Indeed. All right. Thank you, Matthew. It's hard well, convincing the kids. Well, what about,
4: though, like, how hard could it be? How hard must it be for normal parents? When Remember... Uh, Nick Dacos, used to barrack for Carlton. Yeah. His he? dad was – pretty yeah, he's got a – No, no photo, there's, a photo, there's a photo of him in a Carlton jumper. What? His dad, the great Peter Dacos, <laughs> How did that happen? he was barracking for Carlton as a kid. Well, that's outrageous. <laughs> so what what would
2: happen? you What would you say if Noah said to you, I'm going to barrack for the Gold Coast Suns? Oh,
4: to be honest, <laughs> I, I actually don't – it doesn't really phase me too much. As I said at the moment, he's loving Toby Green and the Giants. I'm okay with it. He'll be all right. Um, who,
3: who did you break for? Oh, well,
4: I was early days. I was Hawthorne initially. Right. And then my next-door neighbour barracked for Collingwood. So I grew up breaking for Collingwood. My earliest memory is the 1990 grand final. So I was Collingwood all the way through so until I got drafted. How old
3: were you when you flipped from uh, Hawthorne seven, to Collingwood? Or seven, seven. Yeah. right, okay. Yeah, so yeah, It my, can happen. My lad's just turned seven. So he's in, he's in, a, <laughs> he's he's in school, a danger zone right now. friend, they want to start
4: winning or his school friend's my, my converting. Uh, one the, another team.
3: They'll convert him. Now, Cathy, you've always been freeo. Huh?
4: I was
2: always proud, yep, because, yeah, because uh, Dad was Fremantle, Daddy's little girl just followed him, and I've stayed with the same team ever since. It's You feel proud when you've stayed with the one team your whole life. Um, yeah, I see, I'm
3: never moving from the Hawks. It's... I had a mate of mine. We were Hawks fans together through the 80s, so we, you know, shared some good times together. Then we went together to footy park in 1991 to watch the Crows' first ever game against Hawthorne, we get beaten. At the end of the game, he just flipped to the Crows and sings the Crows' so song. So you can't have that? I said, you are kidding me, mate. So <laughs> can I ask
4: you that? And it sounds like he's probably not, but if a was to get drafted and he got drafted to Carlton, would <laughs> yeah. you break for Carlton? <laughs> you'd have to. Oh, that'd be <laughs> oh, tough your, son? your son's <laughs> playing for Carlton, no, you'd of have co- co- Of course I would. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. I would, except yeah.
3: when they play Hawthorne. <laughs> 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 How's remember when Hawthorne played Sydney in the 2012 Grand Final and John Kennedy Senior openly said, I'm barracking for Hawthorne, even though his grandson, his grandson was a staff was, was playing for the <laughs> Sydney, Sydney Swans. Swans. Yeah.
2: Hey, you gotta follow your family, you got that family tie.
4: You would like to think so. We had Brendan Goddard who um, he thought he was gonna get drafted to St Kilda. Uh, sorry, to Carlton, but they lost those picks and his mum was a mad Carlton supporter. She she was still Carlton the whole way through our career. Was she would she? come into the rooms but still barrack openly for Carlton. Right? Even though Brendan was playing for St Kilda. So there are some that are harder to convert than others, where most of my family, even though they were Collingwood, as soon as you start playing for St Kilda and you've got a vested interest, it's what pretty easy that story to jump of your, across. Um
2: high school mates, when they went to the 09 grand final, and they were Geelong. Oh my Geelong they? supporters. What did so they the do? vested
4: interest. Well, they said they were barracking for me, and I wasn't quite sure, and they thought. They weren't sure how it would go, but as the game unfolded, they found themselves rooting for St Kilda, which was nice. But they were pretty happy when Geelong won, yeah,
3: yeah. just quietly. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> they. Yeah, I'm sure they difficult. were.
4: Yeah.
2: It's always interesting, and in the the controversial stories when someone jumps ship. But uh, I think when you've got a family connection,
3: that's acceptable. Family connection, okay. But if there's no family connection, I can, I cannot cop <laughs> people changing teams. <laughs>
2: Team, one of the biggest stories of the week has to be Buddy Franklin's retirement. I mean, I think we all feared the worst when we saw him do his calf and thought, no, there's no way he's playing again this season. And unfortunately, it was all pretty quick from that moment on. He, He retired, announced his retirement and off he
3: goes. But, gee, we'll miss him. We will indeed. And can I say, Kath, it was a classic under the radar Buddy as well. Like he retired, but the next morning. Now that should be the biggest sports story. In Melbourne by mm. a mile, but the next morning the Matildas and the Ashes kind of became the big stories yeah. overnight. So I and, guess this well, wasn't would, a shock. And he would love that because he's just not a yeah. guy who enjoys the limelight.
2: I guess it wasn't a shock, you know, in terms of news yeah. news factor. Is is we all kind of thought this was going to be uh, the case when he did his calf on the Saturday night at Marvel Stadium, and it always sometimes happens. I mean, you think about Chris Judd. The way he went out, like it's this anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah you want a big to song and dance.
4: You want a big sort of, mm. you know, big um, sort of display on the big, big screen farewell. a big farewell and yeah, all those sorts of things. They're, they're the most beautiful moments. You, you think about them for some other players, but unfortunately, who I think is right up there as the greatest of all time, Lima. Mm. I did a project. Couple of years ago, comparing like all Franklin's um, accolades compared to Lockett, Dunstall, Carey, it stacks up like abs- for yeah. every every aspect of being the greatest of all time. Regards the bums on seats, match winner, um, play well in big games, his he, record, his CV, it stacks up with all the very best. Bar probably Lee Matthews. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably the only one that doesn't quite stack up with and,
3: Everyone else, it's right there. And he didn't he. And this is normally a thing you hear with <clears throat> massive soccer players when he went to Sydney. Didn't merch sales alone in the first twelve months almost cover like he's, he's, p- he's, his contract? Liked, yeah, probably. You
5: know.
2: Yeah. What was it like playing against him? Joey? Oh, I mean, was, did you feel yeah. that aura out on the field?
4: Yeah, you did. It was it was it was like daunting playing against him, but at the same time it had this feeling like it's pretty cool playing against Bud because <laughs> you did. You sort of had that that you were watching him in in awe of like how good he was, but how frightening it was that what he was gonna do to you and destroy you and um, I mean, I used to love playing against Buddy. It was always a thrill. I've still got a handprint of his imp- imprinted yeah. in my chest. I was playing a, off the back of a stoppage one day, like in my role, and Buddy's come charging through. And I thought, uh-oh, and he's just giving me the biggest don't argue yeah. Limo. Really, just shoved the hand straight in my chest, knocked me over, kicked the goal from 60, and you sort of went, yeah, that was pretty good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that
3: was pretty good. So, so um,
4: he was yeah, he was awesome to play, play against.
3: And one thing people might forget about, Bud, because his goal kicking was so good, and he – has so many great flashy moments, but his foot skills around the ground oh. were just impeccable. Yeah, like he had a his foot passing is beautiful. Yeah, hardly ever missed a mark. But so many great moments. What, yes. are, what are our personal well, highlights? Well,
2: that's what I think. Like he he doesn't get that farewell game. I mean, maybe they'll do something at the SCG in round twenty four. He'll be you know Hopefully. in one of those cars. Or, I don't know and, yeah, something he like should. that. But. I think just more recently in terms of great moments, his 1,000th goal and that night at the SCG. I mean, that was such a great moment in terms of being able to celebrate a champion whilst he's still playing. And I think we'll all remember that night at the SCG.
6: He's on 999.
1: One of the great champions of our game. Lance Franklin crosses the 50 now, hits 40. It's all about the kick. It's right through the middle. Buddy joins the legends
6: with a thousand goals and the Sydney fans come from absolutely
2: everywhere.
0: It's pandemonium at the SCG.
2: It was just one of those moments you watched again and again yeah. and every time you picked up something different, you know, you were just watching those scenes with all the crowd and, and what the other players were doing out in the field. And the one was...
4: I was if he missed it, they would have had to have taken 10 minutes to get everyone off yeah. the ground yeah. because they were running, they were a, running on. Yeah. As yeah. soon as he kicked it, so if that had a missed, oh, God, it would have been a nightmare. For me, I, I mean, I, we've been lucky in some respects that uh, West Coast have been so bad this year that we've seen a couple of players kick 10 goals but I'm not sure the next time we're going to see anyone in an AFL game kick 13.:
0: Five seconds nine, and about 13 13 <laughs>
3: <laughs> What a call from Hutto yeah, as That's well, all by the to say. Way. Yeah, It yeah. was great. Oh, yeah. i so missed so many to choose from. I mean, the, you, I could go against, uh, the final against the crows back in 2007, when he kicked that goal from the boundary. Yep. What a moment that was. Uh, I mean, his hundredth goal was, I was there that night, I ran onto the ground with Mick Malloy and Hughes. I saw
4: that. They showed that vision the other night. I oh, did Yeah, they, they showed
3: it. You, you sort of
4: ran in pretty slow. sort yeah. You just
3: trotted out there. We were running on and we couldn't get close to but we co- I remember coming off and Stewie Jew was on the bench and we were sitting behind the coach's box and Stewie Jew's watching me, Hughes and Mick Malloy walk off and he goes, I'll remove the expletives, but he goes, what the are you three doing? <laughs> I know, just get involved, mate. Yes. Uh, but one I really loved because it was just, it was a 12-second goal, end-to-end I think about round three, 2013, against Collingwood. Brent Guerra kicks it in. He kicks it to the middle of the ground. He had a mighty roost on him, Brent Guerra. Ben Stratton picks it up. Handballs to Bud who jumps over a Collingwood player, kicks it from almost the centre circle, and it goes through.
0: Two man, a big ball from
5: Guerra. Got it to Stratton. And Buddy from inside the bloody
7: square.
5: <laughs>
4: 75 bloody meters. Great call.
2: Good call. And the best part is he's always remained so humble throughout. We had Chloe Malloy on 360 the other night and she's just been named the Swans co-captain of their AFLW side. And I said, oh, did you meet Buddy before he retired? You know, she's been around doing pre-season at the club. And she said, Mm. yeah, yeah, I did. I bumped into him and he said, hi, I'm Lance. (laughs) And (laughs) she's like,
6: well, I know who oh, you are. Yeah. But yeah. he's always
2: remained humble and, as we said before, had a bit of that mystique about him. Yes. you've always yes. wanted more from Bud. What a legend. Congratulations to him and we'll, we'll miss him. But how lucky we have been to witness him at work on the field and good luck to him and his family for the future. Have we got Stevie J joining us next? Not so humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll bring that up with him, maybe. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, and Lemo.
0: Joey J. Kath Lemo, the dead set legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey J. Kath Lemo, on Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's dead set legends.
2: Our next guest is a Triple Premiership player. He's a Norm Smith medalist, but perhaps the most flattering aspect on his resume now is he gets to work with Joey Montagna and the Sunday Rub (laughs) on Triple M. Stevie Johnson, (laughs) welcome.
5: Good morning, guys.
2: Where does it rate working with Joey and Jay-Z on the Sunday
4: rub?
5: Oh, it's right up there. One of the biggest <laughs> accomplishments of my of my career so far, definitely.
4: Well, not really, Stevie. Let's get to the, one of the biggest accomplishments <laughs> of your career because this today it's interesting. We've got you on because Geelong are playing Port Adelaide and all, automatically everyone goes back to the 2007 grand final, the famous story where you told everyone to start calling you Normie at three-quarter time because <laughs> you, you had the Norm Smith sewn up. And then there's also the Sydney Derby, the Giants and the Sydney Swans, where you played for Giants and assistant coach for Sydney. So plenty to talk about, but let's just first of all get your take on the Cats. Where do you see them this season?
5: Uh, They've been up and down, no doubt about that. Um, Probably thinking uh, during the week about this game, I thought Port Adelaide probably goes down to Geelong and, and gets the chocolates. But this is a game where backs against the wall, Geelong, yeah, even though their form hasn't been great, these are the games they steal themselves for and then they go bang and beat a top side. And then everyone goes, oh, maybe they can. <laughs> maybe they're still capable. So I'm expecting Geelong to actually come out tonight. I think their forward six is going to be a little bit too dangerous for Port Adelaide, who's lacking a couple of defenders. So it's going to be a cracking game. But um, I've got Geelong winning this one.
3: Steve, it'd be a while. I don't expect you to have the stat in front of you, but it'd be a while since Geelong have lost two in a row. Down at the Cattery, losing to Frio last week, and then Port this week. I can't even remember when yeah, that I would have that, happened.
5: Yeah, Liam, I think it was in two thousand and fifteen. Actually, the year I got uh, given the arse. But, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> right. but um, no, it's been a while. They uh, they don't seem to uh, lose too many down there, and especially two in a row, as, as you mentioned. So um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight game. But um, Hawkins goes out. That's a big loss. But at the other end of the ground, for uh, Port Adelaide, Ali goes out with the concussion. But They've just got so many dangerous smalls ahead of the ball uh, that I think can hit the scoreboard and trouble Port Adelaide. They've got Grime Myers, Stengel, Rowan, Cameron and Close all still down there. So um, they'll prove pretty difficult to match up on, I would have thought.
3: You mentioned Jeremy Cameron there who copped their headbutt during the week down in Geelong. Isn't that just how people say hello to each other in Geelong?
5: (laughs) (laughs) We're a protected species down there, the players. So I don't know... I don't know maybe they haven't been able to find the bloke that done it, so maybe he's uh, disappeared somewhere because um the boys do generally get pretty well looked after. You wouldn't hear of that happening too often, so <laughs> I don't know what he would have done to uh to deserve it, but um i haven't I haven't dug too too deep into it, so it's surprising to hear that the best player in uh in Geelong's caught the headbutt. <laughs>
2: We'll do a bit of digging and, and tell us your version of events on the Sunday rub, would you?
0: Um, I will. I will find
2: out. Around about the same time, Stevie J. we've got the Sydney Derby, which is turning into a really nice rivalry. It's, this is going to be must-watch tonight. The Giants scudding for a club record eighth straight victory. The Swans, they need a win to keep their slim finals hopes alive. How do you see it playing out?
5: Uh, well, it's got a couple of big ends the Giants, and they're on a, a bit of a roll. So um, Hogan and uh, Tom Green come into the team, they're massive ins for, for them and they're just rolling along nicely. And the Swans, well, they they really need to win this game to keep their final hopes alive. So um, I think it's going to be difficult for the Swans. So Not only does Buddy go out of the team, but they also lose Dane Rampey and Justin McInerney, who's an important player. So um, it's at uh, the Giants' home ground. Uh, the Swans will be giving everything, but um, I just think with those couple of ins and the way that the Giants have sort of... Consolidated and, and got that form going. They don't have too many injuries, which is a which is a big bonus for them. I think if they have injuries, that sort of digs into their depth a little bit. Right at the moment, they're they're flying and they deserve to be the favourites in this one.
4: Yeah, credit to you, Stevie. Started the year, you wrote an article about the top twenty forwards in the competition, and you put Toby Green at number one. And then you said to us, not only is he the best forward in the competition, you made a case that he could be the best player in the game. You played with him at the Giants. You've seen him up close this year. What do you make of Toby Green, not just this year, but what he's like as a player?
5: Yeah, he's just a superstar, Joey, and I think, um, yeah, I stand by that. Uh, and, and I think other people are sort of coming around to the fact that, you know, he's um, he's a proven goal kicker, but he does it, you know, week in, week out. Um, he's the hardest matchup in the game. You know, you put a tall on him, he'll take you up the ground and turn you back and um, take you back towards goal. If you put a small, he'll, he'll beat you overhead. Uh, he's proven that... Um, in the important moments in games, he stands up, and that's that's a um, that's a big tick for uh, for an AFL footballer being able to stand up when the when the game's on the line. And um, it's not just the way he goes about his footy. The reason why I sort of think that he should be the All Australian captain, it's so it's the work that he does behind the scenes as well. I think think he's really matured as a person, and then like his training standards. And you think back to the the players and you're coming through when you're a kid, Joe, and you're looking up to your Nathan Buckley's and your James Hurd's, and you hear the stories about how they just push themselves on the training track and absolutely get every, every bit out of themselves. So he's, he's um, exactly like that. He's the hardest trainer I've ever, ever seen, probably alongside Joel Selwood. So,
0: wow,
2: massive rap.
5: Um, we, we probably knew that these, um, once he was able to string together um, you know, multiple games without suspension and injury, that he was going to be this, this player that he is right now.
3: And they call it the Battle of the Bridge, uh, Stevie. Is it? How is the rivalry there? Do they do they care? Does it fire them up much more when they're playing the cross down rival or not really?
5: Oh uh, yeah, a little bit, Liam. I think Leon Cameron definitely used to um, ramp it right up. The uh, he used to be hitting the whiteboard before the game when we were playing the Swans. <laughs> right. And um, uh, I think the Swans sort of just backed themselves. You know, they want to be they want to be committed to every single game. So they don't really come out and say anything. But deep deep down, there is a rivalry there. There's been a couple of finals, which have been pretty close, gone in the Giants' favour. And that's going to build over the years. But the one thing is, you know, most of the players all live around each other. All the Giants players live over in the eastern suburbs around Coogee and Bronte and and Bondi. So they run into each other quite a bit. So I think they get along okay. But uh, all it takes is uh, someone like Toby Green to... (laughs) to run through someone and, and it's on. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the game. It's, it's a bit unfortunate that both, both games uh, tonight are on at the same time So I would have loved to have watched them both.
2: Hey, that's why you have Fox and Co. Just get the split screen up, Stevie.
5: Can you put the split screen up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> get I on to it.
2: That. It'll change <laughs> your life.
3: Don't no. need to oh, do the old flickeroo.
2: You just have the, the split screen
3: up. Oh, Yeah, that's a lifestyle. There we go. Welcome welcome to the Dead Set Legends help
5: desk. I've changed your life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
2: thanks for coming on, Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
5: No worries, guys. Have a good one. Cheers.
2: Get on him! How does he not know about the split
4: screen? I didn't know about the split screen.
5: Oh, you got to get onto the split
2: you've got screen. Got to get it's good, onto year. Split yeah. Split screen, yeah. yeah, yeah one of bit,
3: the great features. Bit of picture in picture. Yeah. I love it.
2: Team, time to preview the Saturday and Sunday action. Obviously, spoke with Stevie J about uh, Geelong v Port and the Sydney Derby tonight. But let's rattle through the other games. Uh, Joey, you're doing uh, the first game of the day, Essendon v. West Coast at Marvel Stadium. I think everyone will be tipping the Bombers here.
4: Yeah, just a must-win game for Essendon. I mean, you look at the ladder now, it's going to be tough for the Bombers to play finals. They have to they have to win out. Mm. They have to win their last four games, starting with that West Coast today at Marvel. Then they play North Melbourne, which you'd think they should win as well. Then it gets trickier. They finish with the Giants uh, at Giants Stadium and then Collingwood to finish the year. So I'd love to see Essendon win the next three and at least be – a live chance to play finals coming into that round 24 game, Limo.
3: What was their expectation at the start of the year? Well, for Essendon? theirs was low. Remember Brad Scott really
4: oh, played yeah, it down. Yeah, he really down. said we're yeah. developing and those things, but I think their list has always shown more and, and they've been around the mark, but they've just fizzled out. They've won one of their last six. Cath, their defense, which held up really well early in the year has just dropped away. And I watched the West Coast Kangaroos game back during the week. I actually was impressed with West Coast. I thought they showed a bit. So I don't think it'll be necessarily a walk in the park for Essendon today. I think that with a few senior players back for the Eagles, they'll be more competitive, but they should get the job
3: done. So Just S- write, the, write the time down. Someone said, I was actually impressed with West Coast Eagles.
4: <laughs> I think it's the first time <laughs> we've heard yeah, that I, this year. It, well, I was coming from a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so Essendon at 13th on the ladder. The next game features, features the team sitting either side of them. That is Adelaide in 12th and the Gold Coast Suns in 14th. So, This seems to be a bit of a mini elimination final between the Crows and Suns and they're both playing some good footy. Yeah.
4: And it's another one. You're right. The the winner does stay alive. The loser you can definitely say won't be able to play final. So Adelaide at home have been so strong all year. You you expect the Crows to bounce back. Took Miller's a big out. We touched on that. The squirrel grip gate earlier. That's a blow for the Suns, but they are playing better footy, but you expect Adelaide and Tex Walker to continue on their fine form and get the job done after they beat Port Adelaide last week at home. So no excuses for Adelaide. I think they'll continue.
2: What about your Hawks against the Pars this afternoon at the MCG, Limo?
3: Got a good feeling about this one. <laughs> I feel like our ladder position is fixed. We're not going to go up. We're not going to go down now. So it's all, so it's just all guns blazing well, Last now. time
4: we said you never know was the Richmond game. Remember we were here and we said yes. Hawks are a chance yep. and they should yeah. have really won that game.
3: And you never know. So Sam Mitchell, this, what would you do, Joey, if you're coaching? You can't go up any spots. You can't go down on the ladder. Do you, experiment absolutely from now on. Right. Sam Mitchell's
4: thinking about next year and the year after. So try some things that he's got in his head that he might want to look at. Today's the
3: perfect day. It'll be interesting to see what he does here.
2: Tomorrow, North Melbourne, Alistair Clarkson returns to the coach's box. Great to see him back. It's also his 400th game. So congratulations to him. They take on the D's in Hobart, but the game I want to ask you about, Joey is the Saints and Blues at Marvel Stadium, three twenty bounce down. How do you see this one panning out? Because the Blues they're they're
4: they're on a roll. Well, they're probably well, if not the most informed team in the competition, they're very close, winning six straight. They've beaten Port Adelaide and Collingwood in that run. They are playing both sides of the ball and the contest game really well. Charlie Kurnoe's flying. So the Saints are going to have their work cut out. They get a couple of big ins back, Maxi King and, and Brad Hill. So they'll want to have to play their best. This will have to be a Ross Lyon masterclass to get them to be Which able to beat Carlton. Which we've seen a few Carlton. already this He can this do year. it. He can do it. And if they get back to their footy at the start of the year, but I would think the Blues with the momentum, GB be disappointed if Carlton lost this one. After yep. all the hype to drop one to a team that they probably are better than on paper. Um, it's going to be fascinating. We're doing the game for the Sunday rub. I can't wait under the roof at Marvel Stadium. I think it'll almost be a full house. So, looking forward to So, it. if
2: the Saints lose, that will be probably the first time this year
4: that they fall out of the top six. Yeah, they'll still be in the eight. I don't think they can drop out of the eight this weekend, St Kilda, but it makes it difficult and they've got a tough still run to finish. A stunning result to think in Ross Lyons' first
2: year. They haven't fallen out of the top six mm. all mm. season. It's been a pretty impressive first year uh, at the Saints. What about the final game of the round? Fremantle v Brisbane Lions at Optus Stadium. Last game of round 21. The
4: Dockers coming off that
2: stunning upset of Geelong in Geelong. Is this a bit of a danger game for the Lions, Yeah, I think
4: it is, Kath. I think it's a danger game. Fremantle have been hard this year to predict, but at home they had a good win against the Cats. I think maybe with the pressure off and just playing some footy, they might continue it at home. And that could be the big storyline to come out of this weekend. If Port Adelaide lose tonight down at Geelong, Brisbane maybe get rolled, and then Melbourne win. All of a sudden, the Demons are sitting second. And we have Collingwood mm. Melbourne top two teams on the ladder <laughs> sets up for a cracking finish to the home and away season.
2: Yeah, It's so fascinating what's happening with the top four, you know, and, and the top eight in general, one of the most open seasons in AFL history. Time for give me a spell.
1: The dead set legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me
3: a spell. Who's kicking us off this week? I'll kick it off this week. Damien Hardwick, as we know, on holidays yeah. uh, in the same part of Italy as your uh, good wife, uh, Joey. Yep. And, uh, in Chincaterra. anyway, story this week that Mark Evans from the uh, Gold Sons and chairman Bob East went to Chinchagatera for a meeting yeah. with him. Mm. I mean, give me a spell. <laughs> Haven't <laughs> they heard of Zoom? I'm
2: all mean, about it. Nah, a Zoom? I mean, seriously, they've I'm
3: all about it. <laughs> they've got a fly. To one of the most attractive (laughs) holiday destinations on the planet for a face to face meeting. I tell you what, I bet if Dima was on holidays in Poland, they would have found Zoom pretty bloody quickly. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I know. Cinque Terre, we better do this face to face. And they were there for what, 48 hours? And then they've come back. So good. Mm. Makes me want to work for
2: the Suns. So. <laughs> That's yeah. clever.
4: Um, what have you got? Uh, might give me a spell, and I would like Limo's take on this one. Some of the mm. talks, so round 24 fixture hasn't come out yet. It's going to set up for a cracking last game. The machinations, who's going to play yeah. finals and whatever. But the talk to play, you'll try and play all nine games at once. I know you're a bit of an EPO man. Yeah. I, like I think that's ridiculous. Who's been saying that? It's just a bit of talk, a bit of bubbling away. I think that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. I Sounds do... like
2: whoever came up with that needs to go get a hobby. That's a ridiculous idea. <laughs>
3: but, it, but Kath, in the English Premier League, it does create a lot of buzz when you're when teams are vying for the Premier League title. Yes, and but we're not the... the English Premier League. We're a much smaller country. No, I understand, and... I understand that. But when you're at a game and you're checking scores from other yep. games, and you're checking live ladders and it's all happening at the same time. I think for something different, I think there's an element of you're excitement open to, it. to it. I'm open to it. The broadcaster will never go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. And, no. I, you know, I don't know how you would cover that on Fox Footy. Yeah. No, no. You'd have to open up <laughs> nine. Oh, well, you could have one game test Hutto you to can try have... and call two games at once. That would be a
4: challenge, but I reckon Hutto could be up yeah. to yeah. it. You could
2: have one game on 503, one on 504. But what we could perhaps do is yeah. see what's what's the scenario come round 24? And if there are two games that are really, you know, riding on or whatever, put yeah. them on at the same time on Sunday afternoon. Or have the, those ones as the 320 game and the 440 game. Well, I think
4: that's why they're summer. waiting, the AFL. They're trying to work out what yeah. what it best looks like. But anyway, yeah, give me, have you got oh, to give me a game.
2: No, let's just get into Dead S- Set all Legend right, of the Week.
3: It it. <laughs> your Dead Set Legend. Triple
4: M's Dead Set Legend of the Week.
3: Four and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food
4: mate. You are a legend. Just wanted to give a shout out to umpire Brett Rosebury, who last night oh, broke the record one. for the most games ever uh, for umpire. 503. He's one of the best too. I think he did one of our grand finals and Limo, Seems we like actually a great went, bloke too. He does. We went on a footy trip to Thailand and uh, on the podium, there one top, there was Brett Roseby, the umpire, dancing on the podium at the same footy and, trip.
3: So, And you just happened to bump into him. Yeah. Was he there? Was he with a bunch of other umpires? I'm not they? sure. I don't think so. I
4: think he's with a few <laughs> other mates. But uh, well right. done to Brett Roseby. Uh, the most games ever umpired. Well done. well done. Great
2: one. Hey, have a fabulous weekend, you too, and everyone listening on. The Saturday Rub is up next. JB, Billy, Damian Barrett, and Bernie Vince. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey J, Catherine Lemo.
0: That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. With Sportsbet's Bet With Mate's new chat feature, you can now bet and banter all in the one place. So bet with mates chat now.
1: Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: These legends will be back next week. <laughs> it's like a Del Santo Montana once. So <laughs> back in the day. <laughs>